I'm Dwayne Brummett, he's Ali Albarigo, and this is the School Owner Talk Podcast. Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Uh, good morning, Ali. Nice to be with you, sir. Yeah, great to be with you as well, but I'm happy to be here, always. How's the weather by you? Uh, it is negative two right now. I woke up to negative 14. Yeah, that's really cold. That's not just cold. I remember being in Colorado once for a, a tactical firearms training thing, and I remember it was like we're in the foothills, and it was like below zero. I remember my nose running, freezing, and hitting the ground in like an ice cube. That's how cold it was. It was insane. Yeah. I can't imagine. It's just crazy, right? That kind of weather. But cool. So how's things going? I know today we're like doing like a basic uh, fly on the wall kind of like topic. Like what what are people thinking and what what goes on in our schools and so on? So what are your thoughts? Well, uh, let's uh, vent a little. How's that? Venting is always good for me. Well, okay. So we'll start out with venting. So I had a a gentleman call uh, yesterday. Now, what was it? Monday? Because today's Wednesday. Yeah. So Monday, talked to me on the phone about our program. His girls have been there uh, for nine nine months now. Okay. A student in the school. Yes. Yes. So one is in the five and six-year-old class. The other one is in the seven and up class. So I think the the one is probably six. The other one is probably eight. Let's just... Okay. So super nice family. They were referred to us by a former black belt family, you know, and it was funny because, you know, when he got on the call and by the way, uh, so we didn't play phone tag back and forth. I just texted him my Calendly link so he could just set up the call. Um, I found just as an aside note, I find that when people want to talk with me, it's a lot easier to, I have a link that's our, it's a TriStar link, right? that uh is set up that way so that way i can i can just uh we're not playing tag back and forth hey what time works for you what time works for me here's my schedule anyways right um he started out complimenting so you know what that means right when when they start out complimenting uh and i said look i just i I want you to know i understand where your heart is i know um that you have i mean not only your family your girl's best interest in mind but you have the studio's best interest in mind so let's just you know just say it yeah yeah, two issues. That's why I contacted you about the COVID thing. Yeah. Um, we don't do masks. Haven't mm-hmm. done masks. And I can't tell you how long. Masks are optional. Right. Um, there was a time that his girls were not wearing masks. Uh, okay. Only a small period of time. Uh, but since, I don't know, November, when the numbers spiked up in our area, you know, they started wearing masks, which is fine. I don't care. And then now even the parents wear masks. Right. But, you know, uh, he's saying, like, what, first of all, what are your, what are your protocols? And and I told him the things that we do at nighttime when we close and, you know, all the cleaning and uh, the air purification system and yada, yada, yada. Right. And he says, well, what about in between classes? And I said, well, we're not, obviously you see, we're not doing anything in between classes because classes are back to back. And he's like, yeah. Um, But my thought, see, like later on, I started thinking about some things. I didn't think about it when we were talking, but later on, I started, you know, thinking they, in school, they're not wiping down in between classes when the classes are moving, right? right. You go to high school and those classes are going from class to class. Yeah, yeah. They're not, they're not wiping down the lockers. They're not wiping down the door handles. They're not yeah. wiping down the light switches. 
you know? So I, I, and I, and, and so, and, and what he did ask was like, you know, people coming back from COVID, you know, how soon are you allowing them to come back? Are you checking to see if they have a negative test and all those things? Yeah. And uh, I said, no, it's all on the honor system. I'm not checking. I go, I, you know, I'm, I, it's not that we're negating COVID yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. But yeah. I said, most of, if not all of our people are honest. And so, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why I contacted you. Like, what are your protocols, yeah. those type of things? And so well, it's, it's changed, though. That protocol has changed now from uh, like when people are quarantined, if they're vaccinated and they're and they're exposed to someone, but they're vaccinated and symptom free, they do not have to quarantine. If they're if they're sick with COVID, they have to quarantine, but they only have to quarantine after the symptoms go away for five days, not 10 anymore. That's straight off the CDC website, right? We just, it's crazy. I understand what you're going through because we have it here. We just had the mandate overruled and then the in New York that the mask mandate's gone and then they redid it the very next day because they appealed it and now they had to stay on the mandate because they appealed the court case. So it's like, we were like, people started showing up to class without masks. People were like, ah, oh, we're free. And then we're like, no, sorry, it's kicked back again. And, you know, and people are pissed. Like one of my friends that I coach for, he got like some really mean calls yesterday. Like, you know, we're not, you, you're making our kids wear masks. That's violence against the children. He's like, I'm just trying to do my job and teach according to the rules. Like, it's crazy. So where did you end up with them? Uh, well, on that subject, uh, you know, I said, I'll look into, you know, the ability to be able to do something in between classes, but there's no way that's going to happen. It's just we spray. We just spray. And by the way, my guy, look, no joke, Ryan, who runs the dojo with me, he, um, I joke often to the parents, if you stand still long enough after class, he's going to spray you down. And uh, he literally has a spray. It's a simple, I forget what it is. It supposedly kills viruses and the COVID virus. So he has it in a pump sprayer and he'll literally go spray everything, the pads, the weapons, the floor. And then um, it's like a five minute transition. And he just lets, we have a second room where they can warm up or they can wait. And, um, it dries really quickly because it's a light spray and then people go in. And by the way, it smells really good too. So it kind of, the dojo always smells pretty clean and pristine now. So yeah. that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. I, it, I, I don't know. I, my classes are back to back and yeah, I'm, we do, I'm not, we do on certain days. Yeah. I'm not spraying in between. So yeah. But, yeah. So the, what I did was I did put uh, a COVID message inside the app. So when you want to open up the app, yeah. Just some protocols on, hey, look, if you have these symptoms, don't come yeah. to class, make right. a virtual private lesson, yeah. yada, yada, yada. And after, if you have COVID and you've tested after this many days, you can come back, blah, 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 right. blah, Yeah. So, yeah, and, you know And what? I'm not belittling it. Please don't take it that way. I know you're not. I'm just talking about the listeners. But No, no. I, I think, dude, it's like we live in a very volatile society right now. Like people are... I, I just had breakfast with my four buddies, all martial arts schools for like 30 years, 25 years, you know, and um, we were talking about this very exact, exact conversation and topic. And um, I was saying it's almost like they've created a and this is when I say they I mean, media, government, you know, agencies have created this fear and they've also created this um, almost like a third 
I know demographic of people yeah. that you could so that it's like they could segregate the vaccinated the non-vaccinated and now it's getting to a point where people are violent against if they see you without a mask they're yelling at you you're gonna kill everyone why don't you go just die and people are so dug in that they don't want to see anything but their own side of things. And you could easily see how, how people could get crazy over things. Well, this weekend on, on Thursday, or excuse me, Saturday last week, uh, we went to a wake for a family friend. And by the time we were done with the wake, it was like, you know, 11, 1130. Debbie and I, my wife and I were like, well, why don't we, why don't we see what places are around here to, right. uh, you know, to eat? And every every place, uh, you had to have a vaccination card to go in. Yeah, well, uh, that's unbelievable. In your area? Well, not it, it, it. The place was about forty minutes north of me. But still, in, in your in Illinois, right? So that's well, it's like, Cook County. So that's the Chicago. You know, uh, that's the Chicago zone. I know and, my. Uh, I go well. They're not going to get my business then, and so I I, I went over to Indiana, and Indiana's yeah. like, hey, you know, come on in. It's amazing. My daughter and her mom uh, went to go her doctors in Manhattan in the city. She has a specialist that she goes to. She, my daughter has NF, which is a special disorder that she has to have a special doctor for. And um, anyway, long story short, on their way home, they were starving because they couldn't eat before the visit. They got into the city and yada, yada, yada. They went in a few restaurants like, sorry, show us your vaccination cards. And my daughter's like, I don't have one. I just had COVID. I can't even get the vaccination. Like, sorry, you're not allowed to eat with us. You know, that's it. Go away. Like, not even with the masks. So, like, I, I you know, it's a weird time. And, and by the way, I was telling my buddy who's getting, like, he got, like, a hateful call yesterday from one of the parents. Like, it's really so bad. Like, yelling at him. The wife's yelling on the phone while he's talking. He ended up hanging. He didn't even know who it was. He hung up on him. He didn't even know who it was. Just someone harassing him or whatever. But um, I said to him, I said, just let it go because people are right now, they're so amped up. They're either like on one side or the other and they're angry, you know, like, so you got to let it go. You can't really let it bother you. You got to just sit back and say, Hey, listen, half the people are going to agree with you. Half the people aren't. And then the other half are in between. They don't care one way or another. So you just got to be careful. I think visually though, what you're doing, putting it up on COVID, putting the list up on showing that you have a protocol in place, showing them that you care enough. That's why we do it. I, I mean, I say to Ryan, I'm like, stop spraying. He's like, no, no, people need to see it. I'm like, okay, you're right. That's where old school alley would be like, don't bother, man, who gives a crap? You know, like that kind of thing. But only some people need to see it. Not everyone. Right. But for the ones that do, you're doing it. And for the, ones that, for the ones that don't, they don't care whether you do it or not. So it's not going to affect them. So we don't want to lose that population of students that are very much interested in, you know, the safety protocol and the masks and all that other stuff. No. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So yeah. and then the other the other topic we talked about was um, he, he has 30 years of martial arts experience. The and the guy you talked to, the father. OK, yes. Um, which I know. See, so that's the funny part is like as soon as I said that, you knew exactly where I was going with that. Yeah, right? Yeah. right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and so what's my take on self-defense? Um, you know, pushing the kids, you know, all those things. Right. And, and it was a good conversation. We yeah. just, I don't know that we, he, I don't know that he understands or agrees right. with my teaching methodology. Okay. And so, um, you know, I've always operated on this type of thing. Do I have standards? Yes. Right. 
Um, but I also believe that not every black belt is equal. Right. And so I grade everybody on a scale from one to 10. My goal is to, you know, whatever you have come in as, let's say you, you, uh, let's say the standard is a seven mm-hmm. to be a, to be a black belt. Yeah. And you know, that's where I'd like you to be. And you come in and you're a six, like, right. man, you're hot from the start. Yeah. By the time you test for black belt, you're, you're a seven. Right. Uh, and then I have, you know, the number three that comes in. And by the time they test for black belt, they're a six. Mm-hmm. They didn't reach seven. Right. But they're a six. Who improved the most? Right. Yeah. Of course, the, the lower standard one. Right. Or you have ones that come in that like are really a negative two. Yeah. And by the time they test for black belt, they're a five. You know, it's interesting. I've never thought of it that way, how you just said it based on level of growth versus level of skill. Um, and, and by the way, we've all tested people that are probably not the best students, but they've been with us for so long. They've dedicated their lives to the training, but they're just never going to be like, for for instance, I'm, I play guitar and I take lessons from a world famous guitar instructor. I've, you've t- I've told you this a million times. I, I am never going to be like him or some of his prized pupils. I'm just not like I watch guitar players and I'm jealous at how fast they go and how talented they are. And I've been doing this for my whole life. I just don't know. Maybe, I'm getting better though, believe it or not, but I'm never going to be like that person. Um, and I'll keep struggling to try, but there are those people in our schools that are just natural ability. They're list, they listen, they learn, they're and quicker, right? So uh, I love that you base it on improvement. That's a very good concept, though. I think that's a great idea. And I will, you know, and the other thing that goes along with that is, you know, okay, so Mr. Bean, my head instructor, right? Yeah. He started the about the same time that this other kid did, and I'm not even going to mention the names. Right. They're close to the same age. Of course. I kid you not. This kid, uh, let's say again, standard for black belt seven. This kid started probably at a five or six. Right. Mr. Bean probably started at a three. By the time Mr. Bean tested for uh, his first degree black belt, definitely a seven. This other kid, uh, definitely a seven. Right. Uh, By the time they went to second degree, Mr. Bean, definitely an eight or a nine, this other kid still a seven. Yeah. By the time they went to third degree, being definitely nine, close to 10, this other kid, seven. Right. Um, and I and I, I share that story because not only did obviously Mr. Bean improve the most, right. but because he had the most to improve, he had, he learned uh, a tremendous work ethic. Right. That grit that he needed in order to, to press forward. Yep where that other kid had natural talent. Yeah. And even though we attempted to push, did not want to grow. Right. Does that make sense? It it totally does. And this is our dilemma when, and I often say, sometimes we want our students want more. We want more for our students than they want for themselves. So I always make this joke. I tell the kids, I go, look, I can't unzip your skin and put it on and become um, an amazing martial artist for you. I said, I can only tell you things. And and I see it, it. It's a different dynamic nowadays than it was 10 years ago, than it was 15 years ago, than it was 20 and 25 years ago. Like there's been a certain decline. And, and I don't say 
in raw talent or ability because everyone has, you know, two arms and two legs and, and a body, right? You know, they all have the possible potential to do these things. I just think that we've been for the last 10 years going downhill as a society when it comes to uh, that, that idea of, you know, work super hard to get what you need rather than complain and whine and hopefully someone will give it to you because you deserve it kind of mentality. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I just see that in our society. It's kind of sad that people still think that way. You know, like when is my kid getting their belt? I'll often say, I don't know. When is he getting his belt? You know, as a joke, like, what do you mean? I go, well, I don't know. Like, you know, do you know what he needs? So you have the list, you have the sheet, you have the form. Have you, have you done anything to see this? But they don't because the parents only rely on us. It's they're paying us. So that's their, that's their dedication is the payment every month. And they expect us to have the, the results for them that they pay for. Well, and the, the thing is that everybody grows uh, at different rates. Absolutely. Or they don't grow at different, or they don't grow at all, yeah. but everybody grows at different rates. And right. so to have a, to have a minimum standard, I think is definitely something that you have to have. You just right. can't, uh, produce black belts that, you know, can't do things. I mean, I, I, I totally get that, right. but, um, I have some black belts that are obviously much more phenomenal than others. Right. Um, and some of it is because of their physical talent. Others it's because of their grit. They didn't have physical talent, but they right. just, they grit their way through it. Dude, that was me. I never had physical talent where I had people that were trained next to me that could get the move like that, do it 10 times better immediately. And I was that guy. And even Chuck Norris talks about this in his book. He was that guy too, where he had to practice it a thousand times to get it right. But for him and I, or you and whoever, we did it a thousand times, right? Most other people wouldn't do it a thousand times. And my teacher said one movement, 1000 hours of practice to master that one movement. So it's a lifetime of training. Um, uh, you know, so it's kind of scary to, to see how easily people get discouraged nowadays and, and so on. But I'll, I'll give you an example. Funny, I just had a conversation with one of my coaching clients yesterday about this. And he hasn't, most people lose their students in the beginning, you know, a stage, like between it depends if you join it. Like in my school, um, you earn your white belt, you wear sweatpants and a t-shirt, you earn your gi, you earn your white belt. And that's probably about like the four month period of time, probably the most exciting period of time for them. And then right as they go into the like fifth and sixth month, they're getting to the yellow belt, right? So my friend has a big dropout rate in the early stages of his ranking, which is around white belt level. And he's so frustrated because he says this is like nine moves. A few of them, you have to learn the Japanese terms. You have to learn how to do a one or two punch. You have to learn how to do one or two kicks. And he says that they don't get it. Like they're just not good enough to promote them. So what happens is it takes them 10 months to get to their yellow belt, which is a long time. And they're getting demotivated and they're quitting. So I said to him, I said, how can we fix this? And my suggestion to him was yesterday, start your class or end your class with 20 minutes of drills on what they need to promote. Like, you know, have them yell out the name, have them do the move, have them do it and then make it fun where everyone and, and bring someone up to the front of the room and demonstrate and have them all. I said, that's the only way for you to do that is continuously drilling them because if you're not, they're not going to get it. Then they're not, it's a bad, you know, it's a, a vicious cycle. Then they're not going to get promoted. And what are they going to do? They're going to quit. So we're constantly in this white belt phase. You're never going to get anyone to the next stage with the next stage at his school. They stay longer. Right. So, um, it's a tough one. It really is interesting.
Yeah, and the uh, you know the other thing too is so th their first rank takes them nine months. Is what you're saying? Yeah, roughly to no in my school. No, no, his his is more. No, it should only take three four months. Okay, all right. So the regular like, time frame. Yeah, but some of them it's taking nine months. You know, okay. a year. You know, because they're not doing it. But I said then I think personally that if that's the case, somewhere we have a flaw in the system. Like if you can't get them to do 10 moves in nine months, and by the way, you and I both know, and he knows too, I, I, you know, I don't want to use bad words and say that, but they're sometimes they're just not mentally capable. Well, you have some students that aren't, uh, will not have the ability, yes. Yeah, and I don't mean the special case kids that maybe have, you know, learning disabilities. And I'm talking about the general population. Like I was doing a class the other day, and for those that are, watching they can see this but I'm, I'm walking like i have the kids and i'm like okay step forward step forward with the other leg step forward and we're walking across my school right from one side to the other one leg after the other i'm even singing a song they don't know which was uh you know take one step in front of the other it was that old christmas show and they're like none of them know it because they're so they're, they when i say little they're like between like seven six and like nine years old then I incorporate, okay, now you know how to step now. Let's put the same arm out that you're stepping. So if you have the left leg forward, the left hand, the right. I turn around, like 50% of them are on the opposite side. So I'm like, okay, guys, remember, let's step and punch, step and punch, and just walk and coordinate. Now they're like stepping with one leg, punching with the other, then re-stepping. Like, I'm like, what is going on? Like, I'm breaking it down, in my opinion, as far as I can, to the sim most simplistic form of how to teach. And I look back and like 60%, maybe 70% of the class has it. And the other 30% are just clueless. And I'm like, what is what is happening here? Right. Well, the question you have to ask yourself at that point is, you know, is this a, uh, I don't know my right from my left issue? Or is it an attention span issue or even maybe both? Well, I wasn't even saying left or right. Like I wasn't even getting that detailed. I just had them step with whatever leg they wanted forward. Then that hand had to be out on that side. That's it. That same coordination, left leg, left hand, right leg, right hand. Like, and they, they were opposite. Well, left foot, right hand. And it was back in, and it was like, it was the weirdest thing. It was well, so that's funny. generally how you walk though. If your left leg goes forward, your right arm goes forward to compensate. Right, right. So yeah, I yeah. Maybe, I mean, but we were show, I was showing it with the step, right? And the punch. But anyway, I, I would look at it and I go like, maybe I'm failing as a teacher. Maybe I could be better as uh, explaining it. Like, and I try to always, that's one thing that I try to do personally is try to always say to myself, how can I be better at getting those kids? Like, I don't throw my hands in the air and go, ah, oh, they're so dumb. It's a waste of time. Like, I'm always like, how can I make it better so I can make those kids better? But so didn't you start off that way? I started off that way where I was like, what's wrong with these people? I mean, when I, when I yeah. started the studio first back, I was, yeah, I was like, man, what are they idiots? They can't get this. Yeah. But you know what though? Back then they would, you'd say, what are you an idiot? And they'd fix it. Like, and they'd correct it. Like back then it wasn't as bad as it is now. Right. Do you see that? Or is it just me? Yes, I, I agree, but I don't want to use that anymore. But what I, the reason I bring that up is because I had to come to the conclusion that I believe now that almost everyone can get it. It's just, do I have the ability to be able to articulate it in a way that they're going to be able to catch it? Right. Right. Um, and that's where, you know, different teaching tactics come into play, whether it is auditory, visual, or kinesthetic, you need to know what type of learner they are, those, all those type of things. Yeah. And by the way, I think our industry at a whole has gotten better at how to present the, the lesson. However, I also feel like 
I just read an article the other day. I think it was in one of the Century Posts or anyway, it was about like how um, martial arts is not necessarily about the art. It's more now about the self-development, the confidence. It's more of a more of a um, positive motivational kind of lesson plan. And the martial arts are slowly becoming secondary when the martial arts was the first back in the day was martial arts. And that like someone said, um, is it necessary to have like, you know, the, the philosophy, the history, the culture or the spirituality? Um, why not just teach the movements? And I said, I do believe that you get that from teaching martial arts. Anyway, you don't have to sit down and have a spiritual lesson, a mental, like if you train and you endure and you work hard, eventually you're going to develop the strengths of self-confidence focus control right isn't that what normally happens by doing martial arts i think yeah i think so but i i think articulating some of those points aren't a bad thing no no i agree with that too yeah you know i mean i remember before i had a structured you know personal development program for my students whatever i was learning at that time that was my mat chats right right you know so if i was learning goal setting i was like hey this is what you should be doing you know or if i was learning how to communicate better hey this is what yeah. you should be doing and yeah whatever it was i i, I was Absolutely. just yeah and then that's the quickest way to learn it right is to teach yeah. it so well, yeah. And, and I wish to, uh, you know, for me, I, I just wish that the, I, it seems like the industry, our industry of martial arts is divided into categories now, right? Like where just like in politics, you could believe one way and then you, another side, you could believe exactly opposite. And I think that certain people who believe the one way are kind of against the other way. And I think that the martial arts should be open, right? Everyone should understand each other. We should try to preserve uh, all aspects of the martial arts rather than now we're kind of scrubbing it clean, almost like getting rid of certain things like tradition, history, culture, um, old school training, that kind of stuff. And we're just kind of replacing it with the new modernistic approach to it, which to me, I hate to be mean. And I hope people don't get mad at us on our podcast, but I think it's a very fluffy kind of thing nowadays. People are just really trying to work more on, you know, more of the positive development side and less on the actual physical training and that martial art side. Do you agree or disagree? Or do you see that? Um, I don't know that. I mean, I don't disagree. I don't know that I, I, I see it. I, there is definitely a bigger emphasis on, you know, the word of the week or word of the day or word of the month or whatever. Um, and I'm not opposed to that, but right. I, I don't necessarily agree that it should supersede the, the actual um, martial arts moves. I, I, I do think they can intertwine. Um, well, what, that's, that's the right way. Like, wouldn't it be that the lesson wraps around the physical, the physicality of the martial arts. And then that way you have the, you know, the word of the day is, you know, endurance, right? Like, or, you know, tenacity or strength, right? And that wraps around your workout. But I think sometimes it's the word first and the workout secondary, if, if not third, right? Yeah. Yeah. So or I, even paradigm. That could be the word of the day. Exactly. Yeah. And, that, and for me, I, I knew what it meant, but they had no idea how to say it. <laughs> so, so I, yeah. So listen, I, I think that our industry is really kind of transitioning right now. And I, and I'm back about probably about 20 years ago when I first met Steven Seagal, I asked him a question and I said, what do you think about the state of martial arts? And he said, we, and he held his fingers up, which are like huge. And he said, there are three, ways it's going to go. The traditional schools are going to be very small and not a lot of it going on. He said, then you're going to have the sport karate tournaments, and then you're going to have the MMA combat style martial arts skills. He goes, so those are the three areas. He goes, but he goes, he said, I, 
I fear that the traditional martial arts are going to die. They're going to be lost. And I'm, I'm there in my art to try to preserve that. But I can even see it amongst the students, the less desire to learn about the protocols and the history and the culture and the philosophy and where the art came from. Like I would say, venture to say that 85% of my students, even though I talk to them blue in the face, don't even know the system that we train in. Right? Like that's scary when you think about it. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Um, you know, and I've got three or excuse me, four different systems, uh, you know, in our program. So that that doesn't help. I'm not as traditional as you are in that right. aspect. You know? Right. So, yeah. Well, cool. Like that, that makes it a little more difficult. So how have you been with like school student enrollment? How's enrollment doing? Have you found that this month was a little slower? It's just starting to pick up for me, by the way, we only have like five days left, right in the month, but I just started to finally close those signups and get them enrolled and, you know, got a ton of renewals. Like the good news is my retention is, is through the roof. People who are with me are staying, um, you know, and, and it's so interesting. I mean, you know, this is something that we know for a fact. It's like how, uh, if their attendance drops and you don't see them for a while, even though they say they're coming back, you just know that they're gone, right? It's like almost like a telltale sign, you know, no training, no teaching, no renewals, right? So I kind of dismiss the people that are haven't been around because they're not going to renew. Rarely, I ask them, but rarely will they. So we have to really focus on that retention aspect and, and signups. So how's it going for you? Uh, yeah, I, we, this year, the beginning of the year was very slow, like we, we talked about. Um, I do feel like it's kind of picking up, but... Um, this year is different and also last year, obviously as well, um, you know, coming out of COVID type of thing, but, uh, or the lockdown type stuff, but usually we are like swamped right now because of our karate for Christmas offer, but we didn't right. do our karate for Christmas offer this year. Right. And, um, <clears throat> cause I'll normally have at least 30 to, I mean, my biggest time was 74 new students right. at once, right. Or new trials at once right, right. For, the, right, for Christmas. And so, you know, even if you signed up half of those people, like if I had 30, then 15 would sign up by the end of, of, right. of uh, February. So I don't have that amount of individuals that came in on that one lump sum. So this is, this again, this year is a little weird compared to 2019, you know, yeah. Sign up wise. Right. How about finance wise? You still, everything is still kind of on par. Cause I know that I've been, I matched my year for last year and my last year, 2021 to 2022, I'm, I'm right about be almost ready to beat that number financially. But, and then I compared my 2021 to my 2019 cause 20 was an off year. Right. So we kind of ignore those stats. And um, last year I beat, 2019. So like we're, our financial growth has been there and our, you know, our, where our school is growing back. The only thing I find though, there are a lot of dabblers. Like people are like, Oh, let me see if my kid likes this. Let me see if he'll try it out. And we're going to try soccer, football, baseball, hockey, music lessons, you know, go through the whole line. And I had a mom the other day say that to me, we don't know if we want to commit to the whole year because he does a lot of other things. I said, well, why don't you eliminate a few of those and just make us one of the staples. And she's like, what do you mean? And I actually explained it to her and she goes, you know, that makes a lot of sense. And she, she signed the kid up. So I think that parents think that they have to dabble to give their kids a big wide palette of things to see what they shine at, but they don't realize dabbling never makes you shine. Does it? It doesn't no. make you good at anything. No. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're the, the, what is it? The Jack of all trades and master of none. So yes, you know, 
I want my kid to have confidence, but I'm going to let them try 10 different sports and not even be mediocre in any of them. Isn't that weird? Like, I, I, I wonder though, like, is that, what do you think? Is that like a lack of understanding? For yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's uh, quantity over quality. That is uh, width over depth. And I, I think that sometimes <clears throat> we might be sold the fact that those things, meaning uh, quantity or width, uh, is more beneficial than quality and or depth. And, and I don't even know if they're using those same terms in their mind, but it's the experience, right? It's the experience. Right. I want my kid to experience this and experience yeah. that. Um, and then they'll choose. And, and I, I just think that as a parent, we need to uh, expose them to certain things that they may be interested in. Yes. But if we know that, and of course I'm saying this, I'm totally biased in the martial arts, but we know if we know that they're timid and they need confidence and, um, or they lack focus or discipline, there's not from the onset, there's not many activities that are de specifically designed to deliver those things yeah. like martial arts. Can you get those things and from those activities? Sure. Certainly. Um, but I don't know that they're specifically designed from the get-go to deliver those things. And by the way, you can get aspects in different activities, like a little bit here, a little bit there. And eventually, if you're playing 27 different sports and doing different things, you're going to get what we teach in the martial arts in full. So you're right, though. I think that that's pretty interesting. I love, by the way, I, I shared your post on my page where you said, you know, you were talking about, and you and I have had this conversation, you were talking about um, responsibility versus fault or right. Or, you, you know, like whether someone brings their uniform um, and uh, the parent says, you know, I don't have the uniform, the full uniform. It's my fault. And you're like, no, it's their responsibility. It might be your fault. Can you share that a little bit with the people? I think that that was a great lesson. I, I shared it on my main page. I shared it on the my dojo page and then I shared it on a martial art page like you. So I think that people could really use that in their school if they wanted to. Yeah. And, and what I was referencing to was an incident that had happened, but the overall concept and this incident happened years ago and it continues to happen. But uh, the reason, yeah. And, and the reason I brought it up was because it had just happened the night before. I, I think it was the night before the week before, whichever it was where I had a student come in. He did not have his belt. And right. I said, where's your belt? He said, well, I'm, my, my, my mom forgot it. And I go, well, whose fault is that? And he goes, it's my mom's fault. Because I wanted to see where he was at. And, yeah, and yeah. I, he's about 11 years of age. And I said, but whose responsibility is it? And he said, it's my responsibility. I said, okay, so I'm going to write your name on your sheet for not bringing your, uh, your material to class. And, and I've spoke about this before. We have a, a, a sheet where you get three strikes in, in right. a quarter. So every quarter they're testing, a quarter is three months for us. Um, and so you, you, you can get three strikes and the strikes could be, I forgot my belt. Uh, uh, I forgot my top. We won't let you come on the floor if you don't, if you forgot your pants. Um, right. Yeah, no pants. That, just, that just ain't happening. Uh, or they didn't bring their sparring gear, um, you know, or even if they get a uh, three strikes out on the floor, like, look, Johnny, I told you to knock it off, you know, type thing. Now we're going to write them on that sheet. So they get three strikes in a quarter. Uh, the fourth strike, they don't test that quarter. I don't care if they know their stuff or not. 
they forfeited their opportunity to test. Wow. Now, what I spoke about before was an incident. We didn't have this three strike rule. What we had was, okay, you forget an item. You're going to write a paper on a subject that we're going to tell you about. Right. So I referenced that and I said uh, the, the, the child had forgot his uniform or belt, whichever it was. And um, the parents said to me, well, it's, it was my fault. And I go, well, I understand that. But, you know, Johnny's going to have to write a paper now because, you know, it's his responsibility. And she said, yeah, but it's still my fault. I said, so you're going to take responsibility for it? And she goes, yes. I said, so that means you're going to write the paper. <laughs> and she said, no, that's his responsibility. I said, OK, so he's got to write the paper. Right. Um, and I think it was a lesson for both of them. And I took that whole thing and I can't remember the book, but it was a military person. Yeah, I think um, you wrote it on your post when you were talking about it, because I heard it live or where, right after you posted. It. I think it's Leadership Qualities of the Navy SEALs. It is not that book. I know oh. it's not, but it is a leadership book. OK, I've never read that book. But anyways, the, the gentleman spoke about when he was at um, uh, West Point. Well, West Point Way of Leadership. Oh, okay. That I read that too, yeah. yeah. But he talked about the fact that, you know, he, uh, uh, you know, you shine your boots, everything's all yeah. all done up. And, and then he had to go and line up. You know, they called the line up. He's got his boots on and everything lined up nice in line. And then all of a sudden the, you know, his bunkmate or somebody in, in his platoon walks like running, getting into line, takes his heel, their heel and scuffs his top of the boot. Yeah. Was that his fault? No, no. But was it his responsibility? Yes. Did he get in trouble for it? Yeah. The other guy, and you know, he didn't say, well, it was his fault. Like he, he, right. didn't, he right. didn't do that. And yeah. I, I was like, oh my gosh. Yes. And the whole, the whole thing with regards to what I did with that uh, Facebook live was I wanted people to have the power, take the power back, stop right. complaining about the fact that this is this person's fault yeah. or it's the government's fault or right it's still my responsibility. Like I, if I forfeit my responsibility, then I also forfeit the opportunity to be able to change. Right. Anything. You know, I just came up with a great idea. I'm thinking in my dojo, like we walk down our hall, we have like drop ceiling, like having a sign, like right before you enter into the dojo or right as you enter in. And it says responsibility starts here with an arrow pointing down, you know, and it's like, that's where we got to try to teach. That's why I love the message so much because I get that all the time. It's not his fault, you know, and then I, you ever have the other side where they go, yeah, he, he lost his uniform. It's his fault. I'm like, he's only seven. You know, you ever heard the foot locker concept? I mean, I think it might have even been in that book where um, and our friend who's a former Navy SEAL and I once had a chat about that where, you know, when you go to bed at night in the barracks, you have everything in your footlocker and there's a certain order in which it goes in. Right. You know, so I don't know the order. I'm not in the military, but maybe the boots are in on the left and then there's the pants and then the shirt and then the gun belt and the gun and the ammo. Like so that when if the if the crap hits the fan and all of a sudden bombs are flying it doesn't take you like 40 minutes to find your stuff. Like, where did I put my gun? You know, or, or if you don't follow the sequence, you'll be, you'll run out in the field and you don't have your ammo because the ammo was left somewhere else. So 
I often teach my students and I call it the footlocker concept, but at the same time, I like will teach them how to fold their gi when they take it off. Like I have them lay their belt out on the table. Then they put their gi folded in half and lay it on top of the belt. And then they fold the arms in and then they put their pants in their sh In our school, we wear a shirt and we wear tabby shoes, the tabby, right? And then if they have shorts, the shorts, and then they roll the uniform clothes and then they tie the belt on the outside of the uniform. So it's like an inventory check every time. I've never once forgotten my gear, my, my shoes, my, whenever I've gone to a tournament, because I follow that order, that inventory every time. So I think that maybe a good lesson would be to teach them how to do that. And I, and I, by the way, I showed this to one of my black belt kids and he comes in now with his uniform tied up, but it's a mess. It's not how I showed it. It's like, you could see he's not following the order. So I'm going to have to refresh it, you know, and teach them. But that's if parents would only teach those concepts, right. They would have more successes with their kids rather than this entire silly trial and error. I told them, but they didn't listen, you know, okay, well, great. So maybe he needs more training right? Or they need more training or you need more training as a parent, making sure that your the clothes are washed you know, and they're ready and dried. And then they, then you give them to the kids and say, put them in order. You know, I think that we forget to do that. You know, even as martial art teachers, we forget to really do the most simplistic of training to get our students to succeed. Right. Yeah. You mean like, yes, sir. Yeah. Exactly. You mean yes, sir. Right. Like even last night I was teaching the white belts and, uh, I said, all right, what's a, what's, who can tell me what a hanamaki is? And, and uh, this guy, this kid lifted his hand. He was a low block. I said, you're close. Who else can tell me what a hanamaki is? The other one goes, low block, sir. I go, you are right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think that's amazing. I had a little kid the other day, brand new little kid, like four, say, sir, I have a question for you, sir. I'm like, what? Sign this kid up, man. He's four and he's calling me sir already. I didn't even have to tell him. Like the parents have raised him to speak to your strangers with yes, sir, yes, ma'am, no, sir, no, ma'am. I'm like, wow, that's pretty awesome. So I well, think I, I, I spoke on the phone with a gentleman uh, last week about, you know, my, my uh, weight loss program. And his kids were at my studio years ago. And he says, I want you to know that I still use one of your phrases. And I go, what's that? He goes, you would always say who lied and told you that life wasn't fair. Right. Because uh, when kids say that, they go, oh, that's not fair. Right. And I go, who lied and told you that life is fair? Yeah, that's the truth. You know, and uh, it, it, and and then I have another spiel that goes along with it. But but it's just I think it's those. Those things carry weight. Yeah. Over time. Absolutely. Um, when they're when they're when the student is told that yeah when they hear you tell another student and or parent um when it's repeated over and over and over again i mean i i can't tell you how many times i've had um former students and or parents say yeah i i still remember that phrase right and i still use that phrase i got a guy who uses the black belt success system that i took from tom callus yeah, yeah. years ago know what uh, you want and, have a plan and and a success coach, take consistent action, review your progress and renew your goals, sir. You know, and, and he goes, I use that with my new hires. Right. And I walk them through the black belt. And he goes, I call it the black belt success system. You want to be a yeah. black belt in this? Here's how you do it. That's and, awesome. and, and so I think that those things are, those are our ways to be kind of timeless. Yeah. Um, with our students so that those, yeah. those things carry on. Um, yeah you know, even without you.
Yeah, I just had a group of kids, probably in my youth class. It was like 39 kids in the class. And I said to the kids, everybody take a knee. And they're like, knee taken, sir. You know, they're sitting down on one knee, one knee down, one knee up. And then I'm like, you know, you guys are not normal kids. And then they get, hey, that's not nice. Hey, I'm like, no, you're not normal. I'm sorry. I hate to say it. You just Another kid, that's being mean. And I'm like, no, you have to listen to me. Let me finish. I'm like. Yeah, but why do kids nowadays feel like they can even interrupt you? Yeah, it, it, yeah, I'm a li- exactly. But at the same time, I'm a little, I was open like where they could say that. But yeah, you're right, right? But anyway, I said to them, I go, you're training to be a martial artist. A martial artist, in my opinion, is superhuman. And what I mean by that is, you know, just like an athlete, a football player, they're superhuman in their trait. They're the best football players. An Olympian who's in the Olympics, they're not the average everyday sports figure. They're people who have trained their whole lives to get to a point above everyone else. I said, so as a martial artist, you're a kind of superhuman, not like in a hero, like a superhero way, like you have spider webs shooting out of your hand, but you're not the average everyday kid. If you get to your black belt, you've gone through way more to get to where you're going to go or where you are than most other average everyday kids who've never done that. So when I say you're not normal, I mean, in a good way, you're superhuman. And now they love that. It's like, who's a superhuman? I'm like, who's going to be superhuman? And they're all raising their hands. But at first they're like, Hey, that's not because it's, it becomes you're not normal. If you're not normal, that's not a good thing. Like even if you're, you know, I don't know, you can speak four languages or, you know, whatever, you're definitely above the rest of the crew. So I try to get my kids to see that and talk about that in the class about, you know, why they're special and why they work hard. I'm just trying to motivate them to care about being the best they could possibly be rather than just being mediocre. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Totally agree. It's, it's, I, we talked about this before and we did a podcast on that. I think that we are the last line of defense um, in this society. I mean, I really do as, 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 as a sport, as an art. Yeah. Um, I think we're the last line of defense. And, and we're a non-denominational temple. Although you happen to be a little bit closer to God that way in your school, because you're a Christian martial arts school, but you have people that are Muslim and, and oh, yeah. you know, uh, you know, all different cultures, but you have a Christian martial arts school. But I look at the martial arts is like, you know, you're right though. That's the last line of defense. It's like people that you could spend that are like-minded that are teaching this morality. Hope, And that's why I hate the fact that a lot of schools are not doing that. You know, they're not teaching you know, and I don't want to use the word religion, but more like, you know, more dogmatic morality, like, you know, the code of a martial artist should be never do harm, you know, always do good. You know, we have a student creed on our wall, you know, that's kind of like five different things. And it's kind of, if you live by those rules of those five things, they're pretty powerful. And they come from 2000, my student creed comes from the ninjutsu line from a thousand years ago. Um, and uh, they don't, you know, they, it's on the wall. Half of them have never read it. It's like, there and we don't chant it in class or recite it in class maybe we should i think you should i think yeah you should. we have a student creed and i i think it's important so what is your creed is it long or yeah um uh, i intend to develop myself for success mentally physically and spiritually by avoiding negative habits and attitudes i develop self-discipline in order to help myself and uh, uh, others i use my martial arts uh constructively and defensively to, to uh why can't i think of it constructively and defensively to help myself and my fellow man and to never be abusive or offensive to myself or others yeah that's good i like that yeah and and ours is kind of a little bit more nimpo-esque but i i have to i would have to read the whole thing to be able to get like you you had to think about it and get it to roll once you got it rolling off your tongue you knew it right yeah, i just haven't done that one in a while but even we have a leadership one too when you become a leader oh yeah 
So, you know, being a leader means having the courage to take a stand for what you truly believe, despite what others may say or believe. It also means living your life with compassion for others and committing yourself to improve yourself and assisting others and doing the same through your actions and words. That's everybody that's on the leadership team. I love it. That's awesome. So, so yeah, you're right. Like, I, I think that we are the last stand. Like, and I think that we sometimes forget that as school owners or sometimes we're afraid of it. Like we don't want to push that aspect of it. It's like, I remember years ago, I would make my class clean up after class. Like they would sweep. And then we had the bucket with the towels and we'd go backwards in Seiza and clean the floor. Um, that was part of our culture. Then eventually I was been like, you know what? I don't want to waste time on that. I have a cleaning company or we clean before and after. Um, but I remember one time we were cleaning and one of the parents says, I don't pay you to have my kids clean. I go, well, what do you pay us for? And they were like, oh, you know, martial arts. And I go like, like responsibility and respect and courtesy to others. They're like, yeah. And I go, that's what sweeping the floor is all about. Think about it when you go home. And they came back the next day. They're like, oh, I get it. You know, and I go, and how would you be, how would you like it if your kid went and just cleaned their room on their own or helped you in the kitchen when they were done or whatever? Um, that's kind of like what we're doing just by teaching them how to clean and, and clean up. That kind of thing. Yeah. So it's a lot of those lessons are lost anymore. Really, they are. But can we bring them back? Like I, I encourage school owners to go back in time. And I I just see, I, I think in MA Success Magazine this month, there's a really big spread, like five or six pages on an article that was in Black Belt Magazine from 1969 of what traditional martial arts is all about. I was happy to see that. Um you know, I, I'm really happy to see that they actually put with Masoyama and, you know, the karate system. And I think I maybe had even Jigoro Kano from the judo system. But like those values are what I, you know, I, I fought a lot in my life and, and, you know, defended myself and had street fights. You know, I was a bad kid in school. And um, then I got into security and bouncing and kind of did that thing and, and fought a lot. Um, but uh, I don't remember it being attacked on the street. Like if I didn't have that as a professional or I wasn't a troublemaker, I probably would have never had a fight in my life. That's the, that's where we want to be, right? All our kids to be never have to have defend themselves. Right. Right. And, but be prepared for it. You know, God forbid. I mean, this is a crazy world now. I mean, especially amongst women, like remember the day when you would never hit a woman, didn't matter how nasty, how mean they were, they could slap you in the face and you'd go, Hey, you I'll never hit a woman. Nowadays, guys will square off like a young teenage guy, 15, 16, will square off in front of a girl, hands up and punch him like they were sparring in the UFC with a guy. Like, so I'm like, man, it's a dangerous time. We have to prepare ourselves for that, you know, and find out how to really know what to do. God forbid that ever happens. I don't know why parents are not doing that more. Everyone should be taking self-defense. Uh, well, yeah, but we're also biased. <laughs> well, is it because they just feel that we're protected? We have cops, you know, that won't happen to us. Like, you know, I'm not going to like my daughter. We had a funny thing going one, her girlfriend one time back when she was in high school, small, little petite, like 110 pound girl was very mouthy though. Always like she mouthed off to this football player who had gotten left back like two years. So he was like 18 at the time. And he's like six foot. And he beat the crap out of her, like threw her against the drink machine, broke her ribs, punched her in the face. She was in the hospital with a concussion. Um, so I say to my daughter, Kiara, that's why we defend ourselves, why we learn to defend ourselves. She, she, she goes, no, I just don't mouth off to people. I go, that's one way of doing it. I go, but what, what do you do if that happens? She goes, I'll just not accept. 
Like I won't accept the fight. I go, Kiara, this is not like I'm calling you out to meet me after school. But we laughed for like, so we would bow in class and I'd say to my daughter, I go, I do not accept. And then I'd walk away. She goes, we're supposed to spar, dad. I'm like, no, I do not accept. I'm like, you can't just not accept, kiddo. You got to be prepared for the worst. God forbid. Yeah, when somebody turns into a bad guy like this, you just, yeah. you, you, have, you, you don't get the chance to <clears throat> not yeah. accept it. So I have a question for you. How old are you, Dwayne? Uh, 48. I'll be 49 this year. I'll be 57 in a week. Not even. Um, what do you think, like, physically like as you get older you know you're in great shape you lost a lot of weight you go to the gym but as we start to age we did we do the call with mike badansky on our call or was it on the other one it was called the aging martial artist no it was on the other one yeah it's really he's great we should have him on our show i'll ask him to do it but we talked about like how he's transitioning in life and how he can't do what he used to do but he still trains i think he was like 64 he, he competed in the brazilian jiu-jitsu tournament um but like how are you dealing with like you know do you deal with it or like, you know, I know my hip is killing me right now, so I can't really throw kicks high. So like I say to myself, like, God, man, I'm only 57, you know, and like, but as you get older, you have certain limitations. How do you mentally deal with that? I just want the listeners to hear a little bit about that, you know, and how do we, how do we say, hmm, maybe I can't do what I did when in my head, I'm 20, right? I'm, I'm still capable of doing those backflips and grappling. And, you know, so as we get older, where do, where's your mindset at? Yeah. Um, I would say one is I relish the fact that uh, my students are able to do what they're able to do. And, and I can recall going, okay, yeah, I used to be able to kick that high. Right. Uh, I also find it kind of humorous now that my, especially my head instructor, cause he's 32 and uh, no 33. And uh, now he has like, he'll do something and he's like, Ooh, you know? Oh, really? Even yeah. at that? But he's been doing it for a long time too, right? Yeah. And it's just, well, when you're teaching all the time and you're not working yeah. out like you were back then, you you go and you throw it hard and, and you're not warmed up. Right. And uh, so I get, I get tickled by that because there was times when that was happening to me when I was yeah. that age and he would laugh. Right. And I'm like, I don't have to say it anymore because he knows that, you know, if I see it. So yeah. I, I find that evolution kind of funny that now he's feeling what I felt when I was that age. Right. Um, you know, for me, most of it right now is just really just healthy motion. So, right. you know, when I weight lift, um, I, I, I'm not doing big heavy weights. It's more, it's more reps and less weight. Right. Um, when I practice my moves, it's more for motion. It's not necessarily for power. I'm not trying to put a yeah. lot of, of, of power. It's just the, the, the ability to be able to move and, and make those motions yeah, yeah. Um, is what I'm more emphasized or more emphasizing right now. Yeah. And I find that too, like you, as we grow older and, and it doesn't matter whether you're a 20 year old martial art instructor and then you're 30 years and then you're 35 and 40, as your life progresses, I feel that we all start to think of things differently, right? So like, we're like expelling too much energy teaching classes. We're exhausted after four classes, right? When we used to be able to teach eight in a row and not be as tired. And I think we just have to be smarter at what we do, who we have demonstrate for us. We don't have to do every single move. Or if you're in great shape, you know, and you stay continually in great shape and you could still do all those things, God willing, keep on going, you know? Um, but I find that sometimes the struggle, the mental struggle for me is there. Like I said, like, oh, wow, I've been doing this for 
54 years coming up. You know, I've been doing martial arts since I was three or like just alone running my school going on 30 years, going on 31 years. That's a long time. Most people, if they were a school teacher, they'd be retiring or if they were a cop, maybe. So it's like you think of it and you go like, well, how long can I do it the way I'm doing it? Or can I just shift my mindset and do it slightly different? Yeah, I, I, I would say that, um, you know, I still try to demonstrate everything when I'm teaching. Yeah. Um, unless uh, I, 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 I want them to see a, a kid do it. Right. Right. Um, but otherwise I'm demonstrating it, but I'm not demonstrating it with, with, uh, you know, usually I do it slow or yeah. I do it m middle. Mm -hmm. Um, even if I'm kicking the pad, uh, I'm not, you know, kicking it extremely hard. Right. Uh, cause there's no reason to do that. But I, I've had some parents that have said, you know, we'd like to see what you're able to do. I'm like, watch my YouTube videos from 20 years ago. Like I have a few, but no, you're right though. Like I even, I even when I'm kicking too, I'm not like blasting in and ripping the pad apart. Like I'm making sure because I could feel the impact on my joints sometimes. Um, but then again, you know, it's, you just gotta be careful. My only recommendation, the reason why I brought this up was that people have to understand that it's okay to progressively get older and not be the 20 year old that you were just find other areas in your life that you can excel, be smarter about combat and use your techniques and use your uh, movements versus your strength and muscles and, you know, that kind of thing. And just be a smarter, wiser instructor as you get older. Yeah. And I think, you know, elbows and knees and headbutts are a lot more, uh, um, accessible to me now than they were yeah. when I, you know, before when I was using my fists and my, my, my feet. Yeah, that's true too. Right. Elbows are always great. The knees are great. Less easy, less injury to the joints, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. So. That's great. I think this was a good call. I, I like these calls because it's not really scripted on a specific one specific topic, but we jumped around a lot that I hope that the listeners, we've had some people on here. No one had questions. So I guess I hope they were happy with what they got. Um, but we had a bunch of people watching and listening and I think that's pretty awesome. And, uh, and I, I, I like these calls, you know, just some more, just kind of fluid. Yep. Yeah, certainly do. So I just want to remind everybody that uh, they can go to schoolownertalk.com and uh, access all of the uh, the past uh, you know episodes. Um, also, if you haven't get a, if you've not gotten a chance gotten a chance if you've not gotten a chance to uh, download the uh, martial arts business manifesto and done some of the homework that's inside of there, some of the projects that are inside of there, especially finding about your uh, I think the biggest thing that we've always gotten back feedback from was uh, the square footage of your school, how many, you know, people or of your floor, how many people can that accommodate? Just that right. calculator, uh, um, I think helps out a lot of people. Yeah, and also what your time, I think the biggest one was a reality on what your time is really worth. Like when yeah. people don't realize how much their time is worth, you know? Yeah. And we're not going to, uh, one, it's a free gift to you, but, but we're not emailing and spamming you and, and all that other crud. We're, we're, we're doing this to give back to the martial arts industry and we just want to help school owners. So take a look at that, go to schoolownertalk.com. Any, any last comments before we go, Allie? No, man, it was a great call. Thank you very much for being on here and uh, sharing all your stuff with everybody. And I, I just I just love doing these shows and with you. And I hope that people love it as much as we do and they're getting stuff out of it. All right. Until next time, sir. All right, dude. You have an amazing day. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for joining us for another episode of Martial Arts School Owner Talk podcast. This would not be possible if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors. Please check out Elite Insights for all your website needs. LeadHunterMedia.com, your online digital marketer and content provider. Academy Kings BJJ Growth Consulting and Management Group at GrowMyAcademy.com. SparkMembership.com, hands down the best martial arts software for school owner management on the planet. GetKarateStudents.com, a martial arts growth consulting company for all your systems. AdHealthCoaching.com, helping school owners create a whole other revenue stream for their school. We will see you next time.